Welcome to Hami Media Group, or as the cool kids say, HMG. We're here to provide you with the very best entertainment alternative media has to offer. Thank you to all our supporters who have made us what we are today. Follow us on social media, video, and podcast platforms at Hameen Media Group. Become a subscriber to Hameen Media Group at Patreon.com for great free daily content as well as off-the-top-rope extras. Subscribe to our affiliate Patreon channels with a plethora of fun content on various tiers that will bring tears of joy to your eyes. Vince Russo's The Brand, The Rip Rogers FR Podcast, Stevie Ray TV, Goldilocks, The A Show with Aaron Stevens and April Hunter, The Two-Man Power Trip, Velvet Sky and Angelina Love, The Beautiful People, and now... The Larry Hankin Stories. Support your favorite HMG and independent pro wrestling talent at ProWrestlingTees.com. Enjoy the ultimate meal with Zordos Ultra Premium Extra Virgin Olive Oil. Head over to ZordosOliveOil.com. Start your day with the best cup of joe, bro. Try a fantastic selection of flavorful coffee blends at TheBrosters.com. StevieRichardsFitness.com. Get off that couch and make a healthy change without leaving your home. Amazing resistance band and yoga workout programs at an affordable price that will help you become a band new you. Hear from the pros who live the biz, bro, with talent that have worked for every major organization led by the man who put the attitude back in pro wrestling and in your ear holes. It's gotta be russosbrand.com bro again we'd like to thank you for joining us here at hmg and now it's time to be entertained rated m for mature what we gonna do right here is go back way back back into time To the One Up Rewind podcast, the podcast for gamers by gamers, where we know our shit. So no Bobby Ashley's over here. It's your boy Adam, the Sinister One, and alongside me is the mighty, mighty, mighty MSG. What's up, Papa? You know, we're here, dude. Back for another edition. Your boy MSG on the scene. Ain't no green because we on that audio team. That's right. We're back. Not me. Not me. I got bars for days. I wish I could be in a haze, but if I get too fucked up on this podcast, we'll be here for plenty of days. There you go. Well, we're back, guys. Yeah, for another edition of uh, the One Up Rewind. I know we have a big topic at hand we're going to stick to, but I did have one bit of news that I thought was interesting that kind of crosses over with us, and I wanted to get your opinion, the experts. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. Tony Khan mentioned that he invested $20 million dollars into AEW's video game division. Now, speculation that could be that he also mentioned he also um, invested into Epic Games, so maybe that also could be, you know, kind of as a write-off from the company itself, like, hey, the company is looking to, you know, invest in different assets to grow their portfolio as a company itself. But if he is correct, and the speculation is there, that he put $20 million into the brand-new AEW video game, a question to you, Mr. Rivera, being the collector, seller, store owner, connoisseur, businessman yourself when it comes to all of these video games itself. Can they sell over 400,000 units out the gate? Because I was just doing some simple math, right? I mean, let's say the game comes out $59.99, they put $20 million. They're going to have to at least sell like over 375,000 units to break even. So we'll just put it around 400K number. What do you think? Well, there's many facets to this deal. Nice. Now, First off, you say that he invested in Epic 
Yeah, apparently him and okay. his, he convinced his dad and they invested in Epic, All and right. that's obviously a, was a smart idea. At the time. That That is a smart idea right now. It's not a bad investment to make. Now, this 20 mil, is that just for their All Elite video game, or is that just to have a video game company as a whole? Uh, I don't have the full details. The only thing we were going off of is what Tony Khan said in his interview, and that was that they had invested $20 million into the video game division and that he had the, quote, the best expert in the world. Kenny Omega. Oh, yeah, Kenny Omega. And I didn't understand why he said that. Like, he sounded so professional and good right up to that point. I was like, you, you could have just dropped the former president of uh, Aki who's making the game. The engineer, that guy, you could have dropped his name. He's helping you make the AEW game. Why can't you say him? Why, why'd you Kenny Omega? Really? Because he thinks that Kenny Omega is going to draw for him. And I don't want to, I don't want to steer this off in, in right. into pro wrestling talk. I know that's uh, HMG. That's our bread and butter. And you can check out Kenny Omega talk on Light the Fuse, but go ahead. Shill, <laughs> Maddie, shill. He's dropping Kenny Omega like he's this huge name. In both wrestling and video games. In the, in the video game realm, I think he, he's not as big as, say, an Xavier Woods. Right. A ninja or a fatality. Even, I think more gamers would know Pat Contry. Oh, yeah. An angry video game nerd guy. And the angry James video Wolf. game nerd. And Matei, who does Twitch streaming stuff, who was uh, James Rolf's partner for like over a decade. I know that guy That before I'd know who Kenny Omega was in the video game world. Exactly. Just because you proclaim yourself to be the best wrestler in the world that plays video games doesn't mean that the entire video game community is going to know who you are. Then the other part of the question was the investment actually into the into the company. I do not know if that investment is exactly just for their game or for their mobile game that they have. Also, the the little casino, uh, what is it, the double or nothing casino or whatever they have that it's like that casino game. So I'm sure that might generate some kind of money because as with a lot of mobile games, you, you have that pay to play model. I'm thinking that it's just the company altogether and not just this video game, because if it was his video game, I don't see it selling 400K off top. So it's interesting. It's very, it's very kind of wishy-washy, like an executive or even a, a wrestler, a wrestling company, because he says he thought it was comical that anyone would try to spin a negative out of the news as their $20 million investment into North Carolina-based Epic Games, quote, looks pretty smart now because it's worth a lot more than that now. But then he follows that up right away by saying, it's crazy, though, but because it's going to even be a bigger investment that's going to pay off huge. And uh, but he also mentions that we're going to deliver a great game for people next year. and We're going to make a ton of money. We'll be very profitable on all things next year. So how much A is he investing into the AEW video game is the speculation there. And even more so, does the Epic have anything to do? Was that why he invested 20 million dollars into Epic is not necessarily even has to be a publisher, but they could be, I mean, they're not a developer. They could be just the publisher itself. You know what I mean? So their investment in the Epic Games I feel is going to pay off because if they're not the number one brand at the moment, they have to be at least in the top three. And that's Fortnite carrying Epic Games on their shoulders. If Tony Khan invested some money, that's him probably bragging about his investment. Well, I guess it remains to be seen. Now, if the 20 million investment was into his own game, then I don't see if that investment is, I don't see them making 20 mil back <laughs> exactly that's what i'm saying if i'm they, thinking uh, you know uh, they have to obviously they have their game expert i i wish them well i hope it's a great game the early trailers the art direction looks a little more along the lines of say wwe all-stars with wwe 2k dropping the ball last year this might be a good time for them to, to pick it up and run with it. When I think of, of, of other games that aren't WWE, TNA, Impact comes to mind. Midway Games invested a lot of money right. into that game. Okay, and, and all that. Yeah, and it was even out. Today, PS3 was, styles huh? looks good. Even to this day, PS3 for PS3 graphics, it still looks good. Oh, the game looks great. And it wasn't, it wasn't shit. No. Just I can't. Like 
It was very minimal. That's what it was. It was very. It was a mediocre. It was a it generic. Have, that game, game would have been in an arcade where you put quarters in it. It would have been a bit different. When you're at home, you want a more of that simulation style where you can make a, a larger investment into it because you've paid so much money for it up front. Well, if you'd like to hear more AEW news, guys, you can check out, like I said, Light the Fuse with myself, Ben Hummy, and Chris Silvio, and we'll give you all the Kenny Omega news. I'm sure they'll probably want to talk about the video game, and I'll just tell them to come listen to the podcast to get the expert from Mr. Rivera's point of view. Um, but we've got a debate, apparently, here. It's not so much of a debate, Matt. But in the spirit of Swiss Beats and Timbaland's Versus series, this is something near and dear to our heart. The Nintendo Entertainment System, the most iconic game system in history. To this day, my grandmother, especially in the Spanish-speaking community, they refer to everything as Nintendo. Everything. Right. You could be playing a Genesis, and they say, oh, you're playing Nintendo. You can get in trouble and want to play PlayStation, but they say, no, no Nintendo for you. (laughs) Everything is a Nintendo. That's how iconic this is. And today, we're going to bring to the listeners our top five. Not combined, but our top five individually. So we're going to give you ten awesome NES games that are our favorites. Disclaimer. These don't necessarily have to be the best games of all time. These could be some of the worst games of all time. This is a list that are our favorite games that we have awesome memories with and battle each other with them. Well, I'd also like to point out that there are more, we're, we've narrowed it down to five, and I'm sure that we could gone on for days with all the NES games, but we've narrowed it down to five games w- in which we felt we were passionate about or loved playing so much as a child or an adolescent use. Or even to this day, there's a lot of good games that I came across that I wish that I could put onto the list. Let me ask you this. Do you feel like it would have been a fair, because we didn't we didn't set the ground rules for this, would it have been fair to play, uh, to put NES games on here that you didn't play as a child? Like maybe you just recently played. Your favorite is your favorite. If you okay. played and said, well, I can't get enough of this damn game and you're so passionate about it, then you, you, you can do that. Well, then I'll put that in my honorable mentions when we get there. Because <laughs> my list, my five are games that I played the hell out of as a kid. Yeah. That I made sure to buy as an adult. Right. And I still play them. Yeah. I, or, so, I, or I purchased them over and over virtually. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, let's get into it and let's start. Number five. Battletoads, released on June 1st, 1991. It's, of course, if you've never seen what the Battletoads were, you know, it was kind of like, I guess, rare at the time from, you know, obviously I was only three, so I can't give you the, I can't give my my personal take on what the business would have been like. But for our research and whatnot, it was, of course, popularized based on the fact they were trying to capitalize on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now, if you look at the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they were kind of more badasses. And then they got homogenized through television and a cartoon uh, for children and, of course, for uh, merchandising. But these Battletoads are badass. You know, you've, you've got Rash, Zitz, Pimple. And the basic premise of the first game is if the brothers, or the, you know, two of the Battletoads, that being Rash and Zitz, they embark on a mission to defeat the Dark Queen on her planet and rescue their kidnapped friends Pimple and the third member of the uh, being the third member of the Battletoads and the princess herself Angelica. Pretty awesome game in my opinion. Now the key about this game is to this day it is still recognized as one of the hardest games ever created. Now at the time it won seven awards for the 1991 Nintendo Power Awards as well. It was it was a hard freaking game. It's trending at about twenty five, twenty six dollars just for a loose copy. Uh, if you're looking for a complete copy, it's probably about that one forty, one fifty range. I have fond memories with that game. <laughs> the jet level where you're on the jet skis is one of the most uh-huh. iconic yet most difficult stages in any game. 
The game fucks it's, with you because it starts it does. one. You're like, oh, this is not too bad. And then you get to level three with the jet skis. It does. And I think that is almost it's kind of akin to when everyone thinks about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles for the NES and their electric seaweed. Okay. In in the in the underwater right. stage. Those are those are those those difficult moments, those tedious moments that we all remember. And we say, Jesus, that shit was just so hard. And there's people that can go through it with ease. I think that Battletoads, it, it, it deserves your praise, man. Great choice, dude. My number five is a game based off of a cartoon. Oh. Based off of another cartoon. Oh. It's Tiny Toon Adventures. Wow, good call. It was released in 1991 by Konami. Tiny Toon Adventures was, to me, the bee's knees. It was your simple platformer. You start off with your Buster Bunny, and Montana Max has kidnapped Babs Bunny. So you start off, you get to pick three characters. There's this uh, Dizzy Devil, who's kind of like the Tasmanian Devil, Furball, who's like Sylvester, and Plucky Duck, who's like your Daffy. Each one of these characters have abilities that can help you get through the board. Right. So whereas Buster can jump really high, he's your your mid-range character. Then you have Dizzy, who can create like a little tornado and break through things. Plucky can fly, and Furball can walk up walls. Uh, so the bosses were great. The colors was awesome. The controls was, was good. So if you want a copy of Tiny Toon Adventures, it's going to run you $14 just for a loose give or take on average. And if you want a complete in box copy, it's $52 complete. Number four. Ladies and gentlemen, I have to talk about our Italian friend here, and that is Super Mario Brothers 3. Now, I don't I shouldn't have to go through the whole rigmarole of explaining what Super Mario 3 is and how the game works. If you're listening to this gaming podcast, you've tried Super Mario 3 by this point. By God. If you've never played Mario Brothers, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're doing listening to us. <laughs> like, how did you get here? You're lost. But I'll give you a little bit of a breakdown, as they like to put. You make your way through water and quicksand, dodge cannonballs, rescue the king's wand in eight different worlds, eventually concluding with your fight against Bowser once again. But yeah, I mean, the basis of the game, uh, they, of course, amped it up from Mario 1 and Mario 2. Lost Levels. I know that people want to enjoy and say that Mario 2 is one of their favorites, and I will contend it's a good game. I will contend that Doki Doki is a good game. So that is a great game. And then you put the Mario label on it, because that's what Mario 2 was. So this, to me, was the definitive final edition and the definitive edition of Mario itself on the console. Hours and hours of gameplay. This is the kind of game that I've played with so many different people over so many different generations, whether they be young or old. Uh, it's certainly a game I played with my dad growing up as a kid. And then as my sister was born nine years later and she started to play video games, it was a game that I you know, enjoyed with her. And even as we got old, I have, you know, Mario three sitting on my Wii virtual console. I've got a copy of it somewhere in the closet. You can play it Nintendo switch online right now. You can play all the Mario's all the first three my fa- one of my favorite Mario games of all time. Uh, if you want to buy this loose, not too not too pricey, thirteen bucks. You can get it complete for eighty. You can get it brand new though, is where it starts to get pricey at three grand or higher. And then especially up- if you have the variant, if you find the the variant where the Bros and Super Mario is on the left hand side instead of the right hand side, that's then- going to be worth even more. Do you remember watching The Wizard? You remember that? Yes. Do you remember? When it was unveiled, the gaming community, those kids who had a Nintendo and just wanted and loved Super Mario Brothers and loved playing Mario Brothers 2, when that was unveiled, our jaws dropped, our hearts just fell to our stomach. We wanted that game now. 
it offered you more than just running and jumping. Mario Brothers 3 also introduced more power-ups. That's right. So not only did we have the fire, but you also had the, the raccoon leaf. But you were able to fly. You had the some suits. Yeah, yeah, the tanuki, the full-on tanuki server. You actually do look like a rat. <laughs> the frogs. Uh, the frog, and then you also had the hammer suit. And the, and the yeah. fact that you could warp just like you could in the first games through the levels. You know what I mean? Just through the different ways on how to get the flutes. I mean, you. I mean, in theory. It's anybody can do it. You you, know, you go in the first world. There's two flutes. You can get there. You go to the second world. You get the third flute. Bam. You're already at the eighth world. If you really don't want to play the rest of the game. All right, Matt. So my number four game is brought to all of us by the fine folks at Sunsoft Entertainment. If you were a reader of Electronic Gaming Monthly or Game Pro Magazine, you would remember they would have these two page spreads with multiple games. One of those games was Batman, the Ooh. video game. Nice. I almost put that on my list. But that is not my number four. Oh, okay. My number four came out in 1988, and it was a little game called Blaster Master. Ah, uh, okay. Yes. Because there was two different types of style of play. You know, one of them was like your platformer. The other style was you were inside a little car and you were able to shoot and in front of you. You were able to shoot upwards. It was kind of like a Metroidvania. Um, it came out, of course, after Metroid. The story was uh, you play this guy, you lose your pet frog. Then the frog like finds, I think, like some radioactive waste or something, if, if I'm not mistaken. And it mutates along with a lot of these other creatures. So you have these huge ass bosses that are like, you know, big crab. Dude, it's awesome. You get to get out of your car. Then you get to go down to like these under underground facilities and you get to upgrade your weapons and upgrade um, the weapons in the cars. I think there was like eight levels. You had different grenades. It, oh, man, it was it was an awesome game. I, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I, I think it was ahead of its time for 1988. Uh, for the listeners, if you've never played it, check it out, most definitely. If you want to go ahead and cop it, it's fairly inexpensive. So if you don't have it, make sure you just go out and get it. It's $10 for a loose copy. If you want a complete copy, you're going to look to spend about 65 bucks. That's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. I'm spending more than that on Sega Saturn games. Number three. My number three, ladies and gentlemen, you're going to have to subtract one as it's the second in a series came out in 1989 as it allows you to play the game in a non-linear fashion. I am talking about Mega Man 2. Why was this game so good? Well, you know, first off, as I mentioned, the ability to play the game in any order you want gave you more strategy as a gamer. Because through each level that you pick up, you pick up different sorts of powers or unique weapons, that being, to fight off these bosses. Because the game lets you decide on how you wanted to play it. This game itself, of course, had Titan controls. It fixed all a lot of the stuff that went wrong in the first game. Not that the first game wasn't bad. But, you know, it tightened up a lot of the controls itself. It had a more, little bit more vibrance to the colors, I'd say, as well. And price-wise, you want to pick one up. Not too expensive for a loose one. You can get one for 28 30 bucks. Uh, a complete one is where it's going to start to cost you. To get a complete one, it's going to be 110 to $120. What do you think? Well, the first thing that I know about Mega Man 2 that I'm glad that they fixed from the first one was that horrible box art. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> if anybody knows, that's one of the worst box arts of all time is Mega Man 1. It so, looked like an old man inside of a suit that... And, and later on for uh, Marvel versus Capcom, they poked fun at it when they brought back that Mega Man that was kind of like overweight in the bodysuit. But Mega Man 2 is just, it, it is so iconic. When you think of the NES, you think of Mario, you think of Mega Man. Let's say, I mean, they, came, they had six Mega Man titles out for the console. 
Alone, just for the first. Alone. I don't think there's there was any other game that I can think of that had so many titles or sequels on that console. And and I'm talking about in North America. Yeah, we're talking. I'm not talking about in Japan because Japan. They had a lot of games where, you know, it's one, two, three, four, five, six, and so on and so forth. But Capcom, Capcoms were, I think, the kings, the undisputed kings of the Nintendo. The the graphics on all of their games, for the most part, were awesome. Their boxes became iconic because when you've seen the, the purple border around the box and that Capcom logo where it says Capcom GamePad. You trusted it. In the middle, you trusted it. Yep. The same way that one would have trusted a Konami. Mm-hmm. Definitely awesome. My number three was a game that was released two months before your number three. Oh. It came out in September of 89. Oh, boy. It also had a purple border around the box. It also had that Capcom game pack seal of approval is ducktales ah you son of a bitch i have that i have this exact game on my list too and that's why i have the fucking music ready to go and everything (laughs) as soon as you said september of 89 i went oh he's choosing ducktales yes yes (laughs) i won up to you yes he did no but ducktales dude was oh man if you're gonna go by platformers that's it's definitely up there. It's up there. Good thing I've got alternates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DuckTales is definitely up there. Um, from from whether you're going to the different stages in your own order, if you wanted to go to the Himalayas, to the moon, Transylvania, it was up to you how you how you wanted to attack those worlds. Now, it wasn't the same as Mega Man, where you got to go to different stages at your own leisure. Right. But you needed certain things for the bosses. I think that mechanic was brought after development for DuckTales because all DuckTales has is just Scrooge McDuck's cane, and you can use that as a pogo stick. Sometimes you get to, to knock the rocks towards the Beagle Brothers. I am in which, my Africa. Yes. And, um, you know, so you, you're pretty much jumping on everything. But, but, yeah, I mean, this game has been on so many best of lists, and it's only fair that me and you both have it on our lists too bad you just have to use one of your alternates now yeah <laughs> i mean like for those of course you know you get scrooge mcduck you know he's not gonna turn away from that adventure and of course he's looking to become the richest duck in the world as he's just trying to discover the five lost treasures so right now get it physical for 25 dollars loose cart which <laughs> is worth every which is worth every penny every every nickel dime quarter or you can go ahead and get the complete in box for $93, complete in box. Now, if you like DuckTales 1 and you want the sequel for Ooh. the NES, then I feel you might be shit out of luck. Yeah. Because that's considered one of the most expensive games. It's not the most expensive game, but if you have money to spare, you're going to be, be looking at at least about $300 for a loose one, Two, $300 for a loose one. And uh, I find it for cheaper. Yeah, you can also get it for brand new, about eight nine hundred dollars. And if you want it graded, it's about two grand and up for the original Ducktales. It's expensive. Number two. This game came out in December of 1991. It is a sporting game. It was also, of course, the first game on the system to have all 30 teams of the NFL. Tecmo Super Bowl. The reason why this game is so special to me is this game I played on hours with my dad. In fact, I would even say that this was probably the video game that got me into video games from a larger aspect because... By playing this with my dad, it kept him engaged in video games, and then he'd buy me more, right? So, like, I really got into playing 
Tecmo Super Bowl with my dad. We played all the we played the 1991 season. Of course, we eventually ended up getting for the Super Nintendo when they expanded all three seasons, 91, 92, and 93. <laughs> the year Jim Kelly lost. Uh, but that being said, you know it was just a good time. The ability, of course, you can also manage every team and you could simulate through everything. And you know the little touches they had that they upgraded from the first original game. Obviously, more teams. You know, bigger playbook, bigger roster, you know, more options as far as overall gameplay and season. It was just an all around fun game. And until this day, it's still played. Tecmo Super Bowl is still continued to be updated. The rosters, the teams, people play online. It's considered the greatest ESPN rated as the greatest football game of all time. Tecmo Super Bowl. So if you want to purchase Tecmo Super Bowl. Well, you are in luck as sports games, Mr. Rivera, are not very expensive. Uh, sports games do not uh, spike up in value too much unless it's some sort of crazy one-off rarity. So if you are looking to get this game for loose, it's only 25 bucks. If you want a brand, if you want a complete, 50 bucks. And brand new, only $200. So not a very expensive sports game, but nonetheless, the greatest Football game of all time. $25 for a sports game. You can keep that. That's uh, not that bad. I, I used to do the same thing. I know you mentioned trying to get your dad in, into buying uh, you games by getting him into games. And I used to do that with my dad later in the Super Nintendo when I would say, oh, oh, ba, they got a chess game on here. Chess master. You want to play it? Let's go rent it. Or like I had uncles that were like, oh, you like racing games? Here, let's try this game out, and then you get them hooked, and they're like, "Oh yeah, that's neat. Let me buy other games for your system." When yeah, when it when it comes to being the best football game of all time, I'm sure Stevie would disagree, as he thinks, and many others think that 2K5 would be the best football game of all time. And I know I put out uh, a question in the Hameen Media discussion group on Facebook and on Twitter with the at the One Up gaming pod what your favorite nes games were and a couple of uh our friends in the group posted tecmo super bowl so yeah good pick my number two was a game that my grandmother bought for me on my eighth birthday oh okay and i remember popping it into my nes turning it on seeing the cutscene at the beginning of the game never have i seen anything like that ever it became tragic it was so action-packed. My number two game is brought to us by our fine friends at Tecmo, and it's Ninja Gaiden, mm-hmm. or Ninja Gaiden, as many people would, would call it. Basically, you're, you're Ryu Hayabusa at the beginning of the game. Now, for those who have never played Ninja Gaiden, but have played, say, uh, Dead or Alive, Ryu Hayabusa's in there. Or if you've ever played the new Ninja Gaiden games, Ninja Gaiden Sigma, they have the Master Collection that just dropped recently. Mm-hmm. Those have the updated Xbox, PlayStation 3 versions of the game. Right. So this guy, the one who killed the his dad, he wants to get like this demon statue along the way. And so you have to go through tons of levels. It seems like maybe like 20 levels, but they're all broken up as like act one, 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 two. And then you get to the boss. It's noted for being a very difficult game as well for a variety of reasons. And I think real quick, I'll shoot off those reasons, but it's them damn birds. If you've ever played the game, there's these freaking birds that just fly at you and they will knock you off and once you get knocked off oh no you don't become invisible invincible for that split second no you get hit you're 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 getting knocked back you're falling wherever you are there's a level also i believe it's level three one where you have this this broken bridge and you got these guys with machine guns and you have these little orco looking wizards with like crucifixes throwing them at you oh they hit you and then them fucking birds you're done. So it's a frustrating game. It's a very frustrating game. Very hard but it's, game. Yeah, very hard game, but it's iconic. The boss mm-hmm. battles are awesome. And it starts off fairly simple because when you fight, when you walk into the bar and, and you got that guy in the bar, he's he's super easy. But then it gradually increases the difficulty. And 
no matter what, it's still an awesome game. And it was the first of three for the Nintendo. You had Ninja Gaiden 2 and uh, Ninja Gaiden 3. You can go ahead and cop it for $13. You got 13 bucks. You see it at, at, at a game shop. Make sure to pick it up. And if you want complete, and by complete, it's not just the manual. They, it also has a Tecmo poster that's in there. It's 90 bucks. And it's kind of funny that both of our number two picks were Tecmo games. Go figure! And actually, my number one, because now it's number one, it would it was my number two is also a Tecmo game. With Game Genie, I decide how many lives I get. I use it when I want to live forever. Play to the end and win. Maybe I want to start on level 15. No problemo. It makes cool games like Street Fighter 2 more exciting. Less frustrating. With Game Genie, it ain't over. So we say it's over. Excellent. Game Genie for NES, Super NES, Sega Genesis, and Game Boy. Codes for many popular games, each sold separately. Hey guys, don't forget to check out Hami Media Group sponsors. You can check out uh, ProWrestlingTees.com, Ben Hamin, Stevie Richards, uh, that being uh, BWO Stevie, SEG shirts for Big Sal, The Greek God Papadon, and Superstar Chris Silvio. You can also check out uh, RussoBrand.com here, Hami Media Group's own Ben Hamin and Stevie Richards. You can go to Patreon.com slash RussoTWC for Master Shoot Theater, as well as check out Zoro's Olive Oil and TheBrosters.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen. While we're on the subject of Nintendo games, we're going to have a bonus, a very, 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 very special guest today. And we're going to talk about a special game that was on the Nintendo Entertainment System that my guest today enjoys playing. It's my five-year-old daughter, Layla. How you doing, honey? Good. So tell everybody what your favorite game was. Ninja Turtles. And for you listeners, she's talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game. And what do you like about the Ninja Turtles arcade game, hon? And you and me play it. Oh, we play it together? Yeah, mm-hmm. and we defeat the Shredder. <laughs> and who's your favorite turtle to play? The purple one. Donatello. And what do you like about the Ninja Turtles game, though? Because I like it. Because you like it? And I like to play on it. Yeah? Oh, what's your favorite part of the game? When the when the little putties used to come out the water. The putties? Are yeah. we talking about Ninja Turtles or are we talking about Power Rangers? <laughs> well, they look like putties. You mean the Foot Clan? The people that are purple and blue? Yeah. Those people? Yeah, when they come out the water. So you like when they come out of the water and then you just, that's your favorite part of the game? Yeah. What about when uh, we're saving April O'Neil inside of the burning building at the beginning of the game and then all of a sudden uh, Rocksteady shows up and he says, Say your prayers, toitles. Now, what game do you like to play today? What's your favorite game today? Roblox. Roblox? Uh-huh. And what do you like to play on Roblox? Piggy. Oh, well, tell me about Piggy. What does Piggy have to do? What's that? Well, Piggy needs to get you, and you need to start all over again. You need to find keys for the lock. You need to find the same color key as the same lock. Whatever color is the lock, you need to find the same key that... That look that the color on the key. You just need to get a plate and a hammer, and then you win. And then you need to do a another level, of Piggy. There's oh. different kind of levels. Is there? The carnival, the mall, the city, the house, and the oh. school. 
Oh, okay. Well, maybe one of these days, uh, Daddy will try it out with you, and maybe you can help me beat the piggy. Well, I'll let everybody know. Give some everybody some some final words before you say goodbye. Okay. Listen to my to my daddy podcast. Thank you, my love. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that ends our bonus segment. My interview with my five year old daughter. Now back to the show. But we. Do you want to read some of these uh, picks from our listeners here who submitted them through the Hami Media Discussion Group post you posted? So if you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can tweet us at the one up Rewind on Twitter, or you can join the Hami Media Discussion Group as well, and uh, you can check out the different posts that we put out each week. And this week, you had also asked the fans what some of their top fives were. So shout out to our fearless leader, Benami Yala. His number one pick was Dr. Mario. I was not expecting Dr. Mario puzzle game from Benami. I, I wasn't either. As well as we had uh, Mike Roche. His number one was Star Tropics. That was an awesome game. As well as uh, Tom Katarski. He says that his number one is Star Tropics. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, so Kevin Mari, his number one, it looks like here, was Super Mario Brothers. Or it could have been Kung Fu. I don't know. If we Whatever. He didn't put numbers. So whatever one you put first or last, that's your number one. But okay. Uh, moving on. Uh, we had Mr. Rad Rob. He chimed in. And uh, he said his list was the same as Kevin Mari's. But he also, like you, liked Ninja Gaiden. Um, or Gaiden, however you want to pronounce it. And he said his honorable mentions was to Sightbite. So you can check out the RTW Rewind with uh, Rad Rob. Uh, Sabi Cueva uh, said that his uh, number one pick was Mega Man. Larry Hendren said Friday the 13th, Mr. Rick Vickery chose Tecmo Super Bowl. One, of course, that's my number two. That was great. We had Kevin Panetta. You had asked him what his number one was. Shout out uh, Kevin. Kevin, uh, he, his number one was Punch Out. My buddy out here from Chicago, Pete Paccio. Said his number one was Tecmo Pro Wrestling. So here's Tecmo. Tecmo uh, shining on these lists here. Uh, Jonathan Tucker had Contra. Up, up, down, down. And Jojo Feeney from the Keeping It 100 podcast. Shout out to Jojo Feeney. And the Creative Control Network. And the Creative Control Network. His number one was Baseball Stars. Baseball Stars. Our hot sauce, William Alessia, what was hidden, number one? And he said Contra, of course, up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, B-A-B, select start. Um, Mr. Justin Fornash here, who just commented on my lack of MLB skills. I'm better, 340, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, uh, he picked a lot of NES games, SNES games at first, but he came back, and it looks like his number one was The Legend of Zelda. Jason Turnip Seed, he had uh, Solomon's Key as his number one, and Kyle Brown said Castlevania. Well, should we get into our number ones then? Let's go with number one. Number one. Well, you kind of actually almost just mentioned Eric. It was the sequel. Because if you like puzzle games and logic, then you're going to love the U.S. version of Solomon's Key. Number two, a.k.a. Fire and Ice. Fire monsters are loose on the Coolment Island. You must use your wits and skill to clear each level and defeat the wicked wizard. But you beware, you might find yourself extremely hooked on this very wildly addictive puzzle game that is available right now, which you can play on the Nintendo Switch online if you subscribe to them. Now, Solomon's Key... The original game made by Tecmo. Solomon's Key 2 was a prequel to Solomon's Key, also known as Fire and Ice. And it was released in Japan of January of 1992. And it came out in America March of 93. And as I mentioned, it came to the Switch Online February of this year. The game's plot takes place before the original Solomon's Key and is framed as a story being told by an elderly woman to her grandchildren. And as I mentioned, uh, you know, you've got to... Be about your wits and use strategy here because each stage players control Dana as they attempt to put out all the fires and the fires are extinguished just by kicking an ice block onto the flame. It sounds easy or, you know, dropping one from above, but it's not easy as there's over 100 levels. There's 10 stages, 100 levels. So when you play this, it almost is set up kind of similar to Mario 3 in that aspect with the full screen or the different uh, worlds and 10 stages in each world, except they just combined it all onto one map on one screen and you're traveling along to each little castle or each little territory 
and it has 10 stages in that territory. Now, if you manage to complete all 100 stages, you can even get 50 additional stages. This game is addicting, dude. I, I still have, to this day, not beaten the game because there's 150 stages. I don't have time to sit down and play 150 stages. But it's a fun game that I've loved even playing now as an adult when I'm bored and I've got nothing to do and I just kind of want to you know, pick use my brain a little bit to try and figure out different strategies on where to place the ice in the level to try and uh, put that fire out. So I guess by de facto, because my number one was actually DuckTales, by de facto now Fire and Ice is. Loose price. You ready? It's expensive. This is You're only going to play on the Switch Online unless you're going to drop some money. So to get it loose, it's 200 bucks. To get it complete, it's 350 Brand new, sealed, $511. Jesus. And, and I thought my yeah. number one was be expensive. <laughs> yeah, Fire and Ice was 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 a, was a good game. I played it. I didn't play it originally on uh, the console. I played it on the Switch. Oh, okay. And uh yeah, I agree with you. Would would it make my list? Apparently not. But yeah, it it was a good game. It was a fun game. And a lot of these games that are on your list and are on my list some a lot of people may not have played. Just check them out. My number one. What kid in the late '80s didn't have one of these toys? What kid didn't want to run home from school and just watch the good guys blow away the bad guys? You got a rad Rob? I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> And it spun off the iconic, and knowing is half the battle tagline. Ah. My number one game of all time, my favorite, is G.I. Joe Real American Hero. Wow, I was not expecting a G.I. Joe. My favorite game. Wow. My favorite game. I, I praise this game to the moon. I don't give a shit about as iconic as Mario and Simon Belmont and... Contra and Jimmy and Bimmy, uh, Double Dragon. I love all of those games, but for some reason, I love this game even more. Uh, exactly, man. It came out in 1991. I remember I was in fourth grade at the time, and I lived in this uh, apartment building. and And one of the uh, one of my buddies, his mom, you know, she would always make like have this smell of like frijoles wifting uh, refried beans through the home. And and she would say, come on in, mijo. And I would come into the back like if I, you know, I live there, you know, and I would go into his room. And we there was two games that we always played on his Nintendo. And one of the games was Ninja Gaiden 2, but the other game was G.I. Joe. And from the moment that I played it, I was captivated. Started off and you got to pick your, your characters. It was like this big uh, screen where you were getting your mission and it was General Hawk telling you what to do. So you got to either play as Duke, Snake Eyes, uh, Blizzard, Rock and Roll, and Gridiron. And each character had you either had your punch, and then you had to, if you press select, you got to switch to your weapon. And every all the weapons were upgradable. So you could start off with just a simple, like Duke had these this regular machine gun that shot like rings. But if you leveled it up and it got stronger, then it would turn in and look like a spread shot. And it would just get stronger. But so Snake Eyes, he didn't use any ammunition. He had laser blast. Once again, you were able to upgrade his uh, projectile weapon. You would have it would be a lot easier. And he was able to jump super high. So as you're going through these stages, the reason I love the game so much, it's not just your typical run-and-gun game. There are stages where you have your run-and-gun. but So your first stage is usually you're, you're running and gunning and, and just shooting enemies. And then you got like a boss where the first level is um, – I don't – I can't – if you're a G.I. Joe fan, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. But it was this big black cobra plane. And then once – it you destroyed the first part, it would break apart and it would reveal that the back part was actually another vehicle in itself and it would fly at you. Mm. 
So that was like one of the bo- uh, bosses. And then you had um, the other guy. He was a, he was a Cobra Viper that had the missile launcher on his back. And you had Destro, and you had uh, Zartan. Um, it was oh, it was an awesome game, and it re- it was really sad that once this game got its sequel, that was put out by Capcom, no less, because this was put out by a company called Taxan, being put out by Capcom, nonetheless, that it was it was an inferior sequel. Some people like it; I didn't like it as much as I did this one. If you want to go out and buy this game loose, it's going to run you $90. And if you want a complete inbox copy, um, I know price charting says $180 for a complete copy. But then when you look on, on eBay, you don't see many complete copies at all. And you don't see them in a very nice condition. G.I. Joe Real American Hero is a must own for any any Nintendo console owner. Well, there you go. I guess that's our top five, the battle of the top fives here on the NES. And, of course, you submitted some of your answers, I mean, the listeners. But if you didn't, you can still tweet us at one Rewind. We'll be happy to read them maybe next time if we missed anything. Um, I, of course, am your host and see the air is clean. I'm lighting up that green, yeah, boy, MSG. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Matthew underscore Shaver. So each and every week, I host a podcast. That podcast is called... Suck my balls, suck my balls, suck my balls, suck my Suck my balls, South Park Review, which you can check out. We've got over 80 episodes up as we review the show episode by episode in linear fashion. So if you want a complimentary tag along with three stoners who break down the show, all the pop culture, the trivia, the entertainments, as well as recap what our thoughts and how we related to at the time of the episode airing, go check it out. Suck my balls, South Park Review. That's all I got, Adam. You? Oh, wait. Patreon.com, Stevie Ray TV. Check him out. I manage and produce his content. Yalla. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter as well as this podcast. We share the same Twitter handle, and that's the One Up Gaming Pod. Uh, the being T H A, One Up Gaming Pod. Uh, you can also find me on the Hami Media Discussion Group. And yeah, feel free just to say, uh, who you think had the better list, the better games? If there was any games that you haven't played, if there was games that you you did play, didn't like, that you love equally, just share share it all with us. We love to hear your feedback. The turnout was great. We love listener support. Share the podcast, like it, uh, subscribe to it, download it every week. Just help us out. You know, we we do this for you. You know, this is. Once again, for for gamers, by gamers, Uh, I'm loving all the energy you guys are are giving to us, and we want to, in turn, reciprocate it and give back that same energy. As well as if you want to, you catch me on Xbox Live or PlayStation Network, I'm under there as uh, Sinista1, S-Y-N-I-S-T-A-W-U-N on both platforms. With that said, we're going to call it a day. We're going to end this bad boy. Yeah. And (laughs) we're going to end this bad boy as always. And I will tell you every week. Thanks for listening. Keep it retro.